say that what the nfl draft is next week um to be honest man i haven't even kept up with it me i, I haven't either uh, the only thing the only reason I, I i'm aware that it's coming up is because i keep hearing about um this guy the tight end kyle pitts is supposed to be like this you know extraordinary tight end you know game changer tight end and unfortunately um not, well it depends on how you look at it for me i i, I find it to be unfortunate what that, university does he does he go to I believe he went to Florida. University of Florida? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, supposedly, um, Jerry Jones is really enamored by him, and they're talking about if he's there at the 10 pick, that he's going to pick him up. And I'm like, we really don't need any offense. I mean, if we the only thing on the offensive side... Let me I, guess the line. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. So I, so I was going to ask you, yeah. you know, Cowboys pick at 10, right? We'll say, we'll say that dude Kyle Pitts is there. Who do you? Well, what position? Because you're probably like me. You probably don't, we don't know too many individual players. But what position do you, would you like to see them pick at that spot? Uh, to be honest, I would want to go with the offensive line offensive or, or defense. One of the two. It's um, but the reason. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think a tight end. We we, we do need help in that position. Yeah. It's sort of depressing when you look across the league. I mean, you can look at the uh, the Super Bowl, just uh, Tampa and. Uh, the Chiefs, and you could see what their tight ends did. Right. And then you look at ours, and it's just like, there's just, there's nothing really um, there. But, I mean, I think it'd be great for weapon-wise. But in all reality, you'd be a good football team. And you and you can watch the Super Bowl, too. The game is won in the trenches. Yeah. If it, I mean, um, there's a reason... Uh, I think Tampa won. I mean, if you would have asked me, I, I still thought the Chiefs were going to win. But then when you're watching that game mm-hmm. and the way the defense was just the, – the offensive line couldn't couldn't hold them. I mean, yeah. I, what do you call Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. Yeah. Back there, I mean, I, I really think that if you want to win in the, in, the, in the NFL, you have to make sure your line – and let's face it, the the line is older mm-hmm. and it's, patch, it's patchwork and yeah. injuries. I mean, they, they need to go ahead and – Get the go, invest in that and the the draft. I mean, I, to be honest, I, I would do that as well as the defensive side as well. Just, I mean, the to me, the game is won in the trenches. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. You know, the 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 game is definitely played. You know, won or lost in the trenches. If you can push on one side versus the other, that'll really determine which who's going to be the victor. Um, I really don't want them to go with the tight end. I don't think our offense is hurting so much where we need. 
a tight end. Now, granted, I I hear what you're saying. You know, yeah. you know the tight end position, especially in the Super Bowl, were very pivotal in as, as far as the offensive yeah. side, right? But I don't think that we can address the tight end uh, position later on in the draft, or maybe even I don't know what free agents are out there as a tight end. But later on in the draft, I think you can probably still find a good tight end to get you what you need. Yeah. We got some pretty explosive wide receivers, and Zeke as well as a good. Uh, pass catching back and Pollard, yeah. so I think we have enough receiving backs or receivers in general. Um, that I don't know if a tight end, you know, uh, that kind of caliber of tight end is necessarily needed to be spent at ten. I don't yeah. know. Um, I mean, I know what you mean because it's. it's it'd be, let me put it this way: it'd be nice to have, but it's not essential. Exactly. Yeah. Right. What I think is more essential for us, especially with the way the team was made last year, we, we need to need some help on the defense. Yeah. Defense was atrocious. And um, I, w- I did I, – the only reason I looked up these – I don't really remember their – well, I know their last name. I think one of them is uh, Sustain or Certain. I think it's his last name from Alabama. And the other guy is J.C. Horn. I think he's from South Carolina. They're two cornerbacks. I think they're both, like, sizable cornerbacks too. And they're both pretty good at locking down the defenders and playing, I think, different, I guess, routes. Um, I like to see them go with either one of those guys. Yeah. To be honest, and uh, one our our secondary was horrid last yeah. year. It was really bad. And I mean, if we go defensive lineman, that's cool too. Yeah. You know, or offensive lineman, I'm good with that. You know, but those three areas are definitely the areas that we need help. Yeah. Don't really need too much help on the linebacker situation. I think yeah. you, you got. Um, I forget the guy. Vanderesh. Vanderesh, and you also have Smith. Um, so you don't really need, you know, to spend too high of a draft pick on a linebacker. Yeah, you know? the outside linebackers are good too. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't think we're good. I mean, the often defensive line, I mean, they could be a little bit better, but I mean, you know, overall, they're all right. Uh, they've gotten a lot more pressure these last couple of years than they had the, the previous years. Yeah. So I mean, at least they're getting out, getting some sacks and in, in the backfield. So. Right. I mean, I have no. I mean, everything could be very. Yeah. To be like the two spots that we could really need some. So, like I said, I'd prefer them going after those two cornerbacks. Yeah. Getting an impactful cornerback, so you know, somebody that's gonna make some plays, make some stops, you know, and then from that point on, then you start addressing whatever you want. You can get the best player available, in my opinion, at that point on. If you want to draft the running back in the third round, I wouldn't be opposed to that either. You know how I feel about that. Yeah. Exactly. I, I don't know. We should have gave Zeke all that money. That's my opinion. I think that you know he still had time on his contract. And I, me personally, I'm drafting a running back every year, at least in the third round, so I can give. So everybody knows there's competition in that position. And they stay up. Now, granted, by the end of his contract, you know we'll look at it. If he's been productive, he's been doing everything he's supposed to do. You know, as far as you know, following what we want him to do on the off season, then hey, I'll pay him. The running back is such a, what's the word? It's such a non-cost-effective position, meaning it doesn't last long. You give them these contracts that they're you're not, you might not get what you're paying for out of the person. You know that yeah. it just seems to be more valuable from a business point. The cost benefit. Just, yeah, the cost yeah. benefit. That's what I was looking for. Uh, it just seems to be more beneficial just to keep drafting one and just having a young stable of running backs. So, yeah, I agree. I'm- but you know, we'll see what happens. Um, can't ever, can't ever see. You can't ever question what what Jerry, Jerry might do. Nah. Even though they say it's Stephen Jones, we all know at the end of the day, Jerry's gonna come in there. I lock myself that tight end. Yeah, 
Yeah, That's it, draft him. It's uh, very possible we're gonna have that tight end. If we do, you know, hey, cool, man. I'll be happy. I guess I'll I'll be rooting I'll, for our offense. And we'll all, all, all I gotta say is Dak better be in shotgun formation all season long because if he ain't gonna get under that center, because by the time he does this uh, two and a half step drop, what he got, this guy's gonna be on his back already, man. Uh, so. that's, that's gonna be a rough one, um, but you know we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I think, like I said, I think it's next week. Obviously, because if it, it was today, it would have been. I mean, if it was this week, it would have been today. So I, I believe it's next week. Um, yeah. and I, and I definitely know it's coming up. So we'll see what happens. Um, the other sport, basketball, Spurs are fighting for their playoff life. Um, my biggest mm-hmm. gripe right now is that it's obvious that the team is fatigued. Yeah. They're playing a lot of games in a very short amount of time. And I'm really kind of, I don't. I guess I'm shocked at that. Pop isn't doing a better job of kind of managing their minutes. Yeah. You know, I get it, man. Like, say you're trying to go to the playoffs, and by this time, you know, he's he's usually sticks to his playoff rotation, and he's trying to, you know, build that continuity with that rotation into the playoffs or whatever. Maybe trying to build some momentum. But this year is kind of different, and I think he should take a different approach. I don't. I don't know why he doesn't. Um, he really seems dead set on playing Patty Mills and Rudy Gay a lot of minutes. Um, even DeMar DeRozan, who I know is our quote-unquote star player. But, you know, if, if the team is really fatigued, you know, you may want to at least extend your bench. You know, I don't know why Devin Vassell right now is not playing. Yeah, no, I hear you on that, especially like you said. If they're getting a lot of minutes, then... Shoot, man! What do you call? Like you said, at least just have them start and then pull them out pretty quick, right? You know, and yeah, you know, I mean, extend, uh, you know, play them a shorter burst. Yeah, exactly. Get some of the younger guys some PT, and then uh, you know, rest your 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 guys for because you're right. This this season is totally different from last because the turnaround was so quick. Yeah, and. um I know. I remember when the season kicked off. We, we actually did. It, we were joking. We we're like, "Didn't it just end like a month ago or a yeah. month and a half ago?" Yeah. And it, it's already full in full swing again. So, I mean, it's at this time too. I mean, if you're you're hanging on for dear thread. I mean, I, I, I went, hope, yeah. Right? I'm like, not much hope for yeah. a championship run. Yeah. So it's might as might as well just. Get the young guys more playing, and I don't know. It's just, it's just. Uh, I guess it's weird. It's like I'd be happy that they make the playoffs, but it's not like years past. Like I felt like we could make a run. Yeah. Like this one doesn't have doesn't feel like it. It just no, feels it, like it feels like we're kind of struggling just to make the playoffs, and it, and it really does feel that way. Yeah. Um, I know tonight they're playing tonight. By the way. Um, DeMar's resting, Patty's resting, and I know DJ's resting. Um, so, you know, some of the young guys will get some run, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing Pop kind of extend the bench, you know, like you said, play, yeah. play those guys shorter bursts and, and maybe play the, the younger guys some minutes and just to kind of give the other guys some rest during the games. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I always kind of go back and forth, you know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't ever want to deny an athlete the ability to, you know, to try to compete, you know. Yeah. So if that's what they want to do, you know, I'm all for that. I'm still going to watch the games and still root for them. Uh, but part of me kind of was like, well, you know, we could get a higher pick, you know. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, this, the Spurs do fine with late picks. They do fine with early picks. So I don't I don't know if the pick position really, really matters with this organization. 
But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how they do tonight, and we'll see. We'll see how they, they finish out the season. So uh, just some reminders, guys. If you have anything you guys want to hear us talk about, any topics you guys want to hear us talk, talk about, feel free to hit us up at our email address at thefishbowlbarrio at gmail.com. That's all that together, thefishbowlbarrio, all that together at gmail.com. And, or you can hit us up at our Twitter. Our handle is Barrio Fishbowl. And uh, if you just want to talk to us, man, hit us up. We want to hear from you guys, Barrio Bros. Um, so before we start, I have a couple fun facts here. First one is April 23rd, 1914, the first baseball game was played at Wrigley Field. With the Cubs? I don't know if it was with the Cubs, to be exact. I'm assuming yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful stadium. It's sort of surreal, though. Like, I've been there. You got yeah. a historical. Yeah, when I went there, it's. it's yeah, the the seats are still all the wooden ones. Oh, really? And then uh, when you walk down, at least this was about a decade ago, but it's probably still the same. But when you're walking underneath uh, the, the, the clocks. Uh-huh. They're the old school, like the square little flip time ones. So it's like walking back in time. Uh, and this and this is gonna be gross, but it, it's one of the things I remember there about Wrigley Field. I mean, stadium, the wood seats, the you know the ivy, the all that. The the scoreboard is done all old school. There's people changing the the scores back there. Um, they really don't want to change anything. Yeah, and it, this is the gross part. Is is the the restroom? It's a uh, it's like they really don't want to change anything. Uh, huh? No, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know how to put it. You know, like you're somewhere. It's that trough kind. Okay, yeah, but like just imagine that, but like from the twenties, and it's just like freaking cement, like on the floor, like like that. That's I'm giving that, him stink face. Right yeah, now. that that's yeah. how it is. It's like yeah, I was like, nah, this is. You, this is one area you may want to upgrade. <laughs> the views, there's historical. Was it called? Continent, yeah, yeah. No, it was just it was. That's one of the things that got me. I was like, "Wow, this is." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty cool stadium. So, whenever in Chicago, Barbros, check it out. So, thank you for that additional information about yeah. Wrigley Field. And yeah, trough like urination. Urination. <laughs> So uh, my next fun fact here, because recently we had uh, April the 20th pass, and I know a lot of uh, smokers out there like to celebrate on, on April 20th and on every 420 of every day. And so just wanted to bring up, well, how did that start, right? So there's there were some rumors that went around. The first rumor is that apparently 420 was a California penal code that was used to punish the use or distribution of marijuana. But that actually, but that code actually applies to uh, obstructing entry on a public uh, land. So it has nothing to do with marijuana at all. And that's just like overall in the state of California. So then some people thought, well, maybe it has something to do with New York City police or LAPD. Uh, maybe that's one of their police codes. And apparently, no, they neither one of them have that code as anything that pertain to marijuana. Now, San Francisco PD does have. 420 as one of their police codes, but it's for a juvenile uh, disturbance. So none of those police departments have, none of the the bigger metropolitans have 420 as a police code. And then the last uh, rumor was that Bob Dylan in the song Rainy Day Woman, number 12 and 35, that that had to do, that if you multiply those two numbers that it comes out to 420, and that he has on there, 
uh, everybody gets stoned is like one of the lines and that he was referencing that had all references marijuana. Now, he never confirmed that that's what it is, but there's no actual factual connection between 420 and marijuana and that particular song. Oh, okay. So, where did the whole 420 thing come come about? Was it Bob Marley's birthday on April 20th? No, I don't I don't know. I don't think that's No, case. I just made it up. <laughs> So, per Chris Conrad, who's the curator of the Oaksterdam Cannabis Museum in Oakland, California, he says 420 started as a code amongst a group of high schoolers. This group was called the Waldos, um, and every day at 420 after high school, they would go and meet up at the Louis Pasteur uh, statue and go smoke. And the reason why is because they're out of school and their parents were still at work, so it was like that in-between time where you know they had a little bit of freedom and that's when they would go smoke. So that's where the whole 420, per that guy, Dang. the whole 20 phenomena came. And then that, that's when it kind of spread around the world. Dang. So they didn't have no after school jobs, them bums. <laughs> <laughs> no, just after school activities. So. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to talk about some esports, man. Are you ready? Yeah, I can't wait. So esports. Now esports, uh, believe it or not, has a history that goes back all the way to the '60s. Oh man, I thought it was like modern. Well, it's gotten like huge recently. Yeah. But it's like the whole concept of video game as a competitive sport um, that would be played. You know, at first it was like national level. Yeah. Uh-huh. Goes all the way back to the '60s, and it was on a game called Space War. And it wasn't, you know, anything too complicated. And, you know, thinking pretty much a lot of these, the game, early uh, games and the way that they kind of determined the winner was all based on high score. And then from there in the 70s, you know, that kind of concept grew even more. Um, you had uh, intergalactic, though, they, they went to like a, an actual competition called Intergalactic Space War Olympics. So now instead of just like it being like a, you know, regionally based or local based competition is kind of growing and becoming bigger. And again, high school, whoever had the highest score would become the winner. And um, all up until 1978, Atari started to host, uh, started, Atari started hosting the first international esport tournament with its football game. So that's when you first started to see like it kind of expanding outside the US, right? Uh-huh. But even then, the competition would all be, and it's still done in person. But because of the nature, there's no internet or no internet that was like super functional like it is right now. Um, everything was done, you know, player versus player and everything was still based on the high score. So now when you go to the 80s, that whole concept expanded even further. The game selection started growing, right? And so you started getting Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, Space Invaders, right? And so you would have video game tournaments that we played in gymnasiums. Um, and it would be still highest, whoever had the highest score, right? But they would be, you competing against other people, and it, and it was growing bigger and bigger. And part of what was helping it grow bigger and bigger was now TV networks were starting to broadcast some of these tournaments. You know, they would show the world champions, not the world champions, but like, you know, whatever region you were part of, championships, and then, you know, you would go to the next level and the next level, whatever. And 
it would it just pretty much I don't think it was like whatever the high score you got at one was gonna be the high score it just continued to pass on. Like you have to play in every level and then whatever high score you got at that level which would determine you who know, moves on yeah. to the next one. And um in the eighties there was a show which I don't even recall this show. But apparently there was a show called Starcade where you would have two players and there would be three rounds. And each round, they would ask the players an arcade question. And whoever answered first and correctly would get to pick one of the five in-studio arcade games that they would play. And what they would end up doing after every round is, you know, they would add the score. So whatever score you got on that game, that would be your score after that round. And then whatever score you got in the next game, they would add that to the score you had there. And so after every round, until there was a winner. And then they had a bonus round where you would play one of the games that wasn't picked. And, you know, who you had to, I think you had to get higher than the average, the top 20 average scores. And if you did that, then you would win. Um, you can, Oh, the other thing is that you can only pick a game one time. So if you're really good at one game, you couldn't like keep play, playing that particular game over and over and over. Um, and so that, that show start also helped kind of like grow the idea of competitive video games. And so from there, you start to jump into the 90s. And the 90s is when things start to really pick up. One, because um, the consoles are starting to become more popular, right? Yeah. And so the games that are played on consoles are starting to become more popular. And then two, the internet is starting to grow. So in the 90s, you had a similar setup in the beginning, the early 90s. You had a similar setup as the 80s where the high score was what's going to determine the winner. And you also had time runs. So what that pretty much means is that whoever can finish the game the quickest or finish certain levels the quickest, you know, those would be the ones that would be higher, higher ranked. Um, but then, you know, like I said earlier, the consoles started to become more popular. And so you had Super Nintendo and Sega who were now dominating all the games. So before, yeah. it was mainly the arcade games that were doing dominating the all the tournaments. Ones, yeah. yeah, the big uh, stand-up ones. Right, yeah, and so now it's all the games that are on the consoles at home that are now yeah. starting to dominate these tournaments. So, I don't know if you remember that movie, The Wizard. Oh, 1989 with Fred Savage. Yes, yes, yes I was gonna say, I was gonna bring that up. That was like my first introduction into esports. Yeah, called, I still remember that one line that one dude he puts the power glove on, and he goes, The power glove. It's so bad. I'm yes, like, yes, dude, yes. <laughs> dude, I remember wanting the power glove so bad seeing that dude. I was like, damn, look how cool he looks, bro. I mean, looking about it, looking back at it now, you're like, man, it looks so silly. This dude's walking around with the power glove on. Like back then, you're a kid, you're like, damn, that's so badass. This dude just got his, he's ready to game 24 7. No, and then too, they had the big old joystick, you know, the big old square one. Yes. And then here I am with the little rectangle one, I'm like all depressed. <laughs> I never owned no, it. I was no never aftermarket uh, <laughs> joysticks for you, huh? No, <laughs> the free ones that came with it with the little duck hunter gun. That's all I got. That's man. pretty much me too, man. <laughs> uh, honestly, didn't get a uh, uh, aftermarket one until I had a Super Nintendo, and I would always see it advertised on TV. They had the I forget what it was called, Turbo something. Where you press the you press the, you you flip the switch, and all you had to do was press the button down once. 
and it would and it would be like you're pressing it fast oh like over and over because I, I don't yeah. even remember like a street fighter there were certain characters where you have to press a button repeatedly to make them do the move yeah like Ch- uh chun li with the leg kick yes yes <laughs> yeah. and he honda with his hands and, yeah right but with that you just flip the switch i just press it down and it would do it real fast i think it was called the turbo pad the turbo pad it didn't have the like in the controllers, you know, the D-pad, it would have like actual buttons where you have to yeah. press down. Like this was just like a pad where you can just kind of like, I was like, oh, I can do the Hadouken even faster now. Yeah. And uh, it was a cool, you know, little thing. And that was the only one I had. And it was, I think it was like 20 bucks at that time. I think it might, it might have been more. My mom yeah. or my dad could probably be like, no, nah, it was way more expensive than that. But um, yeah. uh, other than that, I, I was like you. Whatever yeah. came in the box is what I had. Yeah. But, you know, it was good enough. What they had was good enough. But why I bring up The Wizard, too, is because, like you said, that was, like, my introduction to eSports, too, right? Where he competitively, you know, I think it was Mario, the first round or something like that, Yeah, they did, like, a a run and score. Yeah, I think it was a speed run and a a high score. Yeah. And then uh, the whole thing was if you won the tournament, then you got to go to, I think it was Disney World. Yeah, and they they kept it. Yeah, and then they kept on backpacking across America or something. I I, I forgot the plot or whatever, but I just remember like all the video games, on right? It. And then, um, yeah, I just thought, I thought I thought it was awesome. Just the, it was cool just to set up see like all those TVs and how like the video games on a big screen. And yeah, because it was what, just so awesome. Because the whole point was like you win your tournament, you go to I think it was Disney World, and when you get there or Disneyland, one of those two. You get there and you're gonna play this new Nintendo game that was gonna be unveiled at at the tournament that nobody had seen, mm-hmm. and they come to find out it was Super Mario Brothers three. So that was pretty much like all of our first experiences seeing Super Mario Brothers three. And then, like you said, yeah. they're playing it on this big screen and everybody's watching them play. It. Uh, and and that was pretty cool experience. It was like, oh man, how do I get to do something like yeah, that? Yeah, I always wondered like, how do you get into those tournaments? No, I, I have no I, idea. Yeah, I, have, I, I would assume you, you have to pay a, a, a fee. And your but parents have they, to have yeah, some time. Yeah, I wonder where they held them. Because I know that, to I my knowledge, San Antonio, yeah, I never knew about them. I, you know, like, I remember those Nintendo Power, those ga- those magazines, oh, video yeah, game the, magazines. Yeah. They would always advertise where they were going to be at and all that. I, like I said, I just wasn't into competitive uh, video gaming at that point in my life. I could have been, like, really yeah. been somebody, Chris. I could have been somebody. It could have been you, man. Yeah. I so could have been the wizard. You. I couldn't tell you the most. The, uh, like, what, I guess what what really made me not want to do that is if I was having trouble beating the guy at the arcade at Street Fighter, I had no business trying to compete with people on a national level. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Or even in my city, it's like because this guy's obviously kicking my ass. I've had to spend at least five dollars, and he hasn't moved off that one quarter yet. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know that. that I guess that's another kind of aspect of the of the whole esports is it wasn't. It, I guess it's like. Like the equivalent of a pickup game is when you go to the arcade and you know you're playing against people, and that that usually happened with fighting games for me. Yeah, me too. Uh, you go. I was actually pretty good at the uh, Street Fighter, or Street Fighter, or Marvel. Uh, oh, Marvel Capcom. Yeah, and I used to destroy people. I, I was that dude that would be there. I don't even know how I got oh, that good. I, I how I got good, but I had my strategy, and it would always win. Um, I would use Ryu and uh, Cyclops. So whenever they would throw their specials, it would cover up a lot of the screen. Uh, and so I would destroy people. I would play there like, 
after a while, and then uh, we'd go to the pool, the pool uh, places, and I'd play there and lose finally after like I don't know, like an hour, hour and a half, and man, yeah. Man. I never had. I never went on any kind of winning streak like that. I'd play like one or two times, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, no, I was uh, keep it moving. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so th- that was like a equivalent of a pickup game, essentially, right? Um, so what really start helped the esports expand from beyond the arcade kind of format setting and kind of really push it globally was the internet, of course, right? Yeah. And so with the internet, you started to see more genre-based um, esports. So whereas before, it was like arcade, like every kind of arcade game. like And you would just kind of go and you would kind of compete on each of the arcade game. But there wasn't like a genre like yeah. where the whole tournament was just based off of that one, one genre. Get, yeah. And so you started to get fighting esports, FPS, which is first-person first shooter esports uh racing games uh strategy games so so just some examples some uh fps's were doom and quake oh uh, i played doom yeah doom is yeah um i want to say these were all like mainly on the on the pcs at the time uh strategy uh games would be like starcraft age of empires and then fighting uh you had street fighter mortal kombat killer instinct um NBA Jam was another one that they had a. Nice oh, little, I loved NBA Jam. Yeah, they had a nice little um, esports. Uh, I wonder if it was league. Blitz. Did oh, did they have a Blitz League? I don't know because I honestly I I've, I didn't see too anything about Blitz, so I'm probably gonna say no. It wasn't really too much of a strategy with Blitz. It was just kind of like hit people as hard as you can, right? Yeah, tackle them, throw the football, throw the football <laughs> tight, just hit him while they're midair. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so, oh, no, the other big difference is, so all the games that I told you about up until this point, all the esports was all about either high score or time runs, right? So, like, individual performance, and then you can you compare that to other individuals' performance. Well, now it's switching to actual competitive play because of the internet. Now you can kind of connect two consoles together or two PCs together and actually compete against somebody else to determine a winner. And so... You started to develop international competitions, too, from here. So you had the Nintendo World Championships, which we kind of talked about a little bit. But I think the Wizard was kind of based off a little bit of that. Uh, Nintendo Power Fest was another one. So Nintendo was dominating early on. Blockbuster had one. The Blockbuster Video World Game Championships. Dang. I know. It's crazy because, like, Blockbuster used to be so huge, especially in the 90s. Oh, it- that, that, you, what do you call it? Everybody knew like Friday night. Yeah. Friday or Saturday night. You that, see, that you get two movies in a game. Yeah. yeah. What do you call it? For my household, it would be like, okay, we're picking up a pizza mm-hmm. and we're going to get, get two, like you said, two movies in a game. And then we'd have to return it on Sunday before the week. Right. <laughs> and then they then they got like more sophisticated where it was like, I think the games have their a different return day, and then depending what kind of movie you got, had a different return day. Like yeah. you got a new one, and it was like two days, and then the old, the old one, one five days or something. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And um, oh, and then the PCs they have they had their own kind of like leagues that they were building on. So you had QuakeCon that was based around Quake, the game Quake, which is kind of like Doom. And then you had a Cyber Athlete Professional League. And then professional gamers league. So now 
you're starting to go from just a singular tournament to now actual leagues where you actually take and score. There's going to be wins and losses and things like that. So now we're going to go to the 2000s. Now, 2000s, you are, we already started talking about how the internet started to really push uh, the globalization of, of esports. And now the 2000s is just like really going to expand on that. Because like we talked about in our internet episode, you know, in the beginning of the 90s, you know, 1% of telecommunications was being used via internet. And then by, I think it was 2007, I think as we were talking about, around early 2000s, it got to about 51%. So more than half the people in the world are now utilizing the internet. And then by, I think it was 2014, it was like 97%. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I think nowadays, I mean, if you think about it, like, it's more rare if you don't have internet than it is. Yeah. So then, so... 2000s, bro, the internet expansion really started to uh, expand the tournaments and the number of games started to expand. So what really started to dominate early on were strategy games. So PC was like a big thing because at that point, uh, internet console gaming was still kind of in its infancy. Um, But the PC games, because that's where a lot of people had their internet connected to was with their PC, was really the strategy games were really popular. So Age of Empires, Starcraft... Warcraft, Warcraft 3 were really popular. And this genre that I'm going to talk about um, started to really blow up. It's called MOBA. So MOBA stands for Multiplayer Online Battle Arena. And one of the first games that was that made this genre very popular was a game called Defense of the Ancients, also known as Dota. And Defense of the Ancients was originally... A mod, I guess, that somebody had created from the Warcraft 3 um, game. I mean, they took some of the characters and some of the, the, the monsters and, and essentially made a different type of format with that game. And so essentially what MOBA is, is you have two teams and they compete in, a, in an arena, in a battlefield. So like mm-hmm. League of Legends is like a very popular mode of MOBA okay. And... What we started seeing is with the rise of the MOBAs and the rise of uh, strategy games is you start to see like, not only the globalization, but you start to see like big prize money start to be win- won. How much you, How much can they win? Well, I'll get to that a little okay. bit later because... Because um, my brother watches, the, uh, sees it, like he'll show me YouTubes. I'll see some like that League of Legends. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's... it's it too is like the teams aspect instead of being it like one on one. Right, and yeah, sometimes they'll have they'll have a co- well, I, I, a lot of times that at that level yeah. they all have coaches and stuff that will like tell them like we're gonna do this strategy we're gonna we're gonna run this I need you yeah. to do this everybody kind of plays a role so I don't have the figures but I will tell you one figure that I do have there was a Fortnite tournament last year where a person won three million dollars not last year in two thousand nineteen where a person won three million dollars. Dang. So there's some money in these tournaments. And and so the idea is just like golf. You got to think of it like golf. It's not, so, yes, there's like a world championship in some of these uh, games. But you like in golf, there's the masters, right? But there's all these, there's the majors and there's all these other tournaments. And you're winning money, right? And whoever has the most money at the end of the year, right? They're usually at the top. And that's kind of the same yeah. premise. 
It's like you have all these tournaments that you and you go in and you win money for, and it's like at the end of the year, it's like who has the most money, who's the top earner in that in that regard. So that's kind of like how they do it. Now they do have, you know, world championships in certain uh, games, um, but you know, just because you don't win the world championship doesn't necessarily mean you're not the top earner in yeah. that particular game. And so. Um, what you also started seeing is Xbox and PlayStation in the early 2000s started to come about. And with that, they started to present their games and they started to have their own little tournaments with, with their particular games. Like Halo 2 was a big one. Uh, Call of Duty was another big one. And so those two systems really helped push the whole competitive FPS and other kind of gaming into the console because before, like I said, when it became like globalization and the internet, it was mainly dominated by the PCs. Yeah. But once the Xbox and PlayStation came around, it really started to push the consoles back Be, into the Being able to jump online and yeah. just, yeah. Sort of the best of both worlds. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it all, it all depends. Yeah. Because now... I guess the, I'm more of a console guy. but For a while I was it. too. Yeah, and then I got a, a gaming PC, and so now I, I see the benefits of oh, I see both. Like I like my it, console. Um, there's things that my console has, but my PC games just as well as my console. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like how it was before. Where is it a lot faster? Like uh, the PC? I would say, yeah, yeah. My PC's a lot faster. Yeah, because I always lot, noticed that that like faster. the PC game players, they're a lot more like quicker. It just seems like. Yeah, the processing, yeah, yeah. there's a lot. Because, I mean, you got to yeah. think of it, like, the PC's honestly more powerful than your console. And your yeah. console is is got, like, a set setting. Now, if you go yeah. in there and you adjust it or you add some things on it, that, you know, you're more sophisticated than I. But most people have a set setting on their console. Yeah. Whereas your PC is more customizable. You know, I could even yeah. customize it even further, you know, especially nowadays through my through my computer. I don't have to necessarily change any of the hardware. But I could always change pieces of the hardware as well to make it even faster, make it run better, make it run, um, have a higher performance. So other than the internet, what really helped the esports really blow up is you had platforms now dedicated to streaming the esports uh, competitions. Or like so Twitch. Like Twitch is a big one. You named one other one, YouTube, uh, Stream, which also you can play games on. You can also uh, stream your game playing on there as well. And I'm sure they probably stream some of the competitions as well. Uh, Mixer is another big one. And uh, and by the way, I didn't even know this, but Twitch was established in 2011. So it wasn't they haven't been around very long. So the whole eSports craze, well, at least at the level that it's at today, hasn't it's only been around at least a decade at the earliest. Dang. And uh, I don't know if you remember this channel, uh, but G4. I remember that. I remember that channel. So G four was another big thing that really pushed. I sort of sad to see it go. It is, know. man. It is. Didn't but even, what? Didn't the uh, what's his name? What's his name? The the guy from Stand by Me. Which one? Uh, Jerry Mar- O'Connor. Mar- no, Marty Lachance. Marty Lachance. Uh, Mar- uh, not 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 Marty. Was he on I mean, Star not, Trek? Not, not Marty yet. Lachance. What's the yeah. pressure? Yeah, that dude. He used to be on G4. <laughs> I can't think of his name right now. What, what, what was uh, Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Yes. Yeah, that dude. Was he, it, I, he was on G4, I think. The only one I can remember is uh, Olivia Munn. 
okay. <laughs> I know she was on there for sure. I can't remember a lot of the other people. I think Chris Hardwick might have been on there as well. Um, but there was a lot of people that were on there that, that hosted, but like they would present a lot of video games. They would go to a lot of these comic cons and other conf- uh, conferences, um, E3, all these other video game um, conferences that, and uh, all of those competitions, man. They were kind of promoting those things and they would also stream, the, they would also show them. I know ESPN as well will show, especially nowadays. I think ESPN two will show some of the championships as well. Yeah, the uh, the the Madden one, the Madden football. They always yeah. show those ones. That's a that's a big one as far as like uh, sports. Yeah, Madden and two K are the two biggest biggest ones right now. And uh, so again, the platforms now you have now you have uh, an actual actual channels devoting themselves to showing these competitions, kind of putting it out there, right? And so another thing that started to happen is you start to shift from like just either console based, like like the consoles are the ones that are presenting the tournament or this particular um, advertiser is presenting it. So now the games themselves are presenting the the, the uh, with advertisement help, of course, like but Fortnite, like, like the Fortnite World Cup, you know, League of Legends Championship Series. You know what I mean? Which, by the way, in season three, sold out the Staples Center. Dang. So that's that's big time. You have the Halo Championship Series, the Pokemon Video Game Championship, right? So now the video games themselves have their own, like, league and competition where they're, like, it's just all them. Like, they don't even have any other video games in the game. It's not even genre-based anymore. Yeah, it's, it's just, just that, that game. And those are just some of the ones I've mentioned. There's, They have all kinds. Yeah, would Super you, Smash Brothers. I was going to say, would you consider uh, electronic chess uh, eSport? Like, if you no. play chess online. No. I would not. Do you consider but, chess a sport? Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Is is like what's different, like strategy wise, like, I don't, well, like you know what I mean? Like, I guess because I would look at, I guess I would look at electronic chess or computer chess is the same as regular chess. And so, do I do I view chess as a sport? No, not not necessarily. And you, and I guess what you're asking me is, you know, what's the difference between that and and video games? Um. I think video games do take a little bit more dexterity, you know, yeah. eye, a little bit more eye-hand coordination, um, and you having to make quicker decisions, like more rela- yeah. relatable to a sport in that regard. Yeah. Now you're talking about the strategy part. Now, for st- versus strategy games, I can see how that could be pretty comparable. Yeah. Um, and then you could probably question as well as the is a strategy game even in esport in that regard i don't know um that's a good question man i don't know that that's, that had to be something i have to look up more information about because i was thinking about it i was like what's the difference between you know what i mean yeah it was no, just I, like, I hear what you're saying yeah i mean it was just something that just went in my head i was just like always wondered that i was like i hear you on that yeah I, that's just like the only thing is like strategy games now are not as they're not one of the more popular esport games, but I still hear you because, like Pokemon, for example, there's a strategy to that game, right? Yeah, and it can be it can be looked at as, as somewhat like a chess, the same way you look at chess. You know, certain certain 
players, I mean, certain characters, not characters, certain pieces have certain moves that you can do. And how do you counter those moves? And how can you stop, maybe block certain moves, things like that? And so I can see how that could be really comparable. I don't know, man. I'd have to look into that. Is that the original eSport? Chess? <laughs> I, I mean, electronic chess, yes. I guess he, I guess I guess you could say that. You know, I guess you could say electronic. Well, I'll say yes. Electronic chess is an eSport. We'll say yes. I was going to say. Because I can't argue why it wouldn't be. If I'm no, the reason I was like thinking about Empire it, too, because you remember uh, during the days of dial-up when with the chat room, mm-hmm. that was one of the few games you could play comp- uh, somebody across the world, like game-wise. There you go. It was well, chess, because I remember playing against chess people I didn't even know online. Yeah. And when the internet first was out there, you were esporting it up, bro. I was, I was thinking for some reason, athlete. For some, I'm an athlete. I wonder if I got me a little jersey and a little jacket. Well, I mean, shoot, some of these dudes. I was reading the other. I was reading earlier. Um, that guy Ninja, who was like one of the most famous, yeah, uh, esport athletes out here. I guess I will call him that. Yeah, um, well, because he was on Sports gamer. Illustrated. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, like I was explaining to somebody, these cats, it's like every sport, right? Every sport in its infancy, every athlete had to have a secondary job because the sport itself wasn't generating a lot of money. Because why? A lot of people looked at it as a kid's game and, you know, you're just playing a kid's game. We're not going to pay you that much. We're not making that much, right? So everything kind of starts out in infancy with, you know, low income expectations, Right, and so a lot of the athletes that played the NBA, played in the NFL, had to have a secondary job because those sports weren't paying them very much, right? Yeah. But as time goes on and people start to see the monetary value in those sports, you know, they start to make the sport itself makes a lot of money, which in turn the players start to make a lot of money. And so esports is kind of filling that same, you know, situation. So somebody like him, I was reading, you know, he has a lot of the one of the most subscribers on Twitch. He has millions of subscribers on YouTube. And so he's at the point in his career where he doesn't need a secondary job. He's making yeah. lots of money just on those things. I think I was reading somewhere that as of March 2020, he was making like $500,000 a month just off of YouTube. Dang. Something along those lines. My man can't even run a 4440, man. Not he don't need to. He run a 4440 <laughs> his, on the game. His thumbs can go 4440. <laughs> That's it, man. And, like, you know, he's playing with celebrities, you know. Like, in the video game world, celebrities want to play with him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's he's at that level. And so, I imagine that's only going to grow. People are only going to get... Video gamers are going to... Video game athletes, eSport athletes are only going to grow more and more famous, more popular. Yeah. I think so, too. I think especially with... Um, I guess the... Like you said, the growth of it, the internet, everything. I mean, like I said, I I, I was more, I'm more of a console guy, but I even find myself now playing online some a lot more. What's a game oh, you play online? A Fortnite. There you go. Yeah. I get destroyed. Very popular one. But very, actually, very I'm not going to lie. I was, I was getting pretty decent. And then, what do you call it? How I got really good, uh-huh. or not really good, but pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Is I would be playing uh, like sometimes at two or three at night, mm-hmm. 
And I was getting destroyed because of that color. Let me put it this way. A lot of the gamers, that was people I was playing online. They were all the Japanese kids. Or those, or I don't know. They were these people up 2, 3 in the morning that dedicate their lives to it. And, you know, though 18, 19, 20-year-old, no, those ones, like I was in college, were at bars. They were not playing online. So these guys, so I basically I was playing against really good people. Then, during, then you, you know, a couple weeks would go by. And then I started, to, oh man, I started not killing people at night. Yeah. And then it's funny, I started playing started like seven, like at seven, at seven, yeah. Then around seven or eight p.m., mm-hmm. like when I was playing high schoolers or middle schoolers, whoever, I was destroying these fools. <laughs> <laughs> Turning the tables. Yeah, exactly. I went from from novice to like, that. but yeah, it's just like anything else. The more you play and the more you practice. The better you uh, the get. The better you get. Yeah. Yeah. And you start to learn and develop strategies. Of your yeah, own and exactly. Stuff like, and you start to find out what works for you. Yeah. What weapons you can play be- better with. Because like me, like um, I, I, was, I guess like the only game that I play that's similar to Fortnite, I, I haven't played too much of Fortnite, is uh, Call of Duty. Yeah. I play a lot of Cold War and I played some Modern Warfare as well. Um, and I already know, like for me personally, I'm not a sniper. I'm not good at sniper rifles. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm just just not my weapon. You know, I'm I'm mainly a uh, assault rifle. You know, maybe some machine gun kind of person. Um, and you know, I even have my strategy for Fortnite with the sniper. I'm not the greatest sniper, but I can do all right. So what I would do is uh, I'd come in up parachute, and I would land on top of the trees. Uh, so everybody's usually always. On ground level, looking there, a lot uh-huh. of people don't look at up on top of the trees. Yeah, so he could just pick. You're just picking them apart. Yeah, the one top. time was funny. One time I was, I, there was some of the great, one of the greatest kills I got. And I thought it was the funniest. Was I was up on top of the tree, and I was like sniping people, whack, like here. I, I don't know about three, four, and then I would see this people dropping too. Mm-hmm. Well, my enemy. It, I, it was so funny. It was like he was like on the tree right next to me, doing the same thing, but we never noticed each other. And I had turned and I saw him, and he was just up there sniping people too. So all I did was turn, and it's funny. I had to snipe, and I zoomed in straight into his eye, like the side view. He didn't know what was going, and I just sniped him. Dirty, man. Dirty. But it was funny. It was like it was a couple minutes, like. I didn't even notice him next to me. He was just there doing the same thing as me on top. And he didn't even, we didn't even notice each other. We're just up there. And then until I just, I saw like somebody drop and I'm like, I didn't kill that guy. Where did that come from? And I just swung over. I just see him arched and I just, and it wasn't just enough for me just to like, just shoot and kill him. I was like, I'm going to enjoy this one. So I zoomed in like full max right into it. That is not, that is not. Uh, what's the word? Sportsmanship, bro. Yeah, it's not good sportsmanship. Yeah, we, we, yeah. We, <laughs> There's a lot of people like that online, man. Yeah. That, that uh, I saw a video the other day of a guy who, some guy was coming up the stairs. He's on the top floor. Somebody's coming up the stairs. Yeah. And, and as he's coming up the stairs, he's kind of hanging where you can look down the stairs. And he shoots the guy. And mm-hmm. in Call of Duty, sometimes when you kill some, when you shoot somebody, they don't automatically die. They're like they're injured. They can't fire back at you, but they're injured and they're kind of crawling on the floor. Yeah. And so. He uh he doesn't kill the guy, but he puts a C four bomb next to him, right? And once the guy <laughs> kills himself and gets up, he blows a C four bomb. And there's a lot of people who do stuff like that. I like that guy. 
There's a lot of people who do stuff like that online, and, and, and or they'll teabag you, or they'll keep shooting you after you died, or whatever. Yeah, uh, the, the, some of the fun ones I like. See, with Fortnite, a lot of it, it's not so much killing. Yeah, a lot of it, how you, how you get good, and that's how I end up being decent, is, is you got to know how to build. Build quick and fast. That's what I've seen. It yeah. is, is, it's, you have to know how to build around you and ramps. And if you if you know how to build, pretty much you 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 don't have to even be the greatest shooter. It's just that you can outmaneuver people. But what I love to do is is like you see somebody out there and they're building and you see them running like making a ramp. Yeah. Just take out my sniper gun and just shoot that damn bridge, and then you just see them fall. Oh, and you it, can destroy it by shooting it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so like, okay. so if, if if they don't know how to parachute or glide right real quickly mm-hmm. right? Or, or, or if you do you already know where they're gonna land and you just go you just run toward it and you already just wait for them after because if you see the ramp you just shoot the thing if they're over here well basically you destroy the thing so they're they're only way one way to go and they go down yeah do they die if they fall well uh, depending if they oh, don't if, if, yeah well yeah and if they don't hit the glide they just literally fall to their death. <laughs> I've killed a couple people like that before. So, so yeah. So if you see Dominic online on Fortnite, just know he's ruthless. So, uh, just to kind of give you an idea, also of of how much esports have expanded, we're at the point now where colleges and universities are giving scholarships uh, for esports. Now, here's just some of the sco- the the universities that are out here giving scholarships. Ohio State University. But what do they? What do they play? There's certain games. So that's the thing. On if you go to their, uh, if you go to their site, they they will tell you what games they're giving scholarships for. So they don't just give you a scholarship just because you're good at whatever game. Like you have to be good at Fortnite is one, Overwatch, like the the popular games out there that they they get prize money for. I I, I guess I'm a little confused. Like how would this? How does this tie into? Higher education. Well, it's the same thing like regular sports. Well, how would you tie in regular football? Right. So, yeah. Because yeah. You have to think yeah. of it like, does it make the school money? Yeah. Yeah, right. exactly. So, the so that's why it's be not yes. every. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's not every every game. It's the ones that are out there that, that usually make a lot of money. Yeah. So, you know, Ohio State University. UT at Dallas. University of Texas at Dallas. UTD. Baby. Yeah. University of California in Irvine. Robert Morris University, Arcadia University, USC, Marquette, that's USC, Southern California. Mar- Trojans. Yep. Yep. Marquette University and Boise State. Now, those are just some of the ones that I, that I got. There's some other ones that offer scholarships. And again, not all of them offer the same games. Like, only some of them will offer, like, you know, oh, we're looking for Overwatch and Fortnite uh, people. Or we're looking for Rocket League, uh, Fortnite, uh, What's the game? Player Player Unknowns Battlegrounds Pug. Um, you know they're they're looking for certain particular games that they they, they give scholarships yeah. for. And it's and a lot of the scholarships I saw were like anywhere from a thousand dollars to like I think it was like five thousand was the highest one. So somewhere around there. So it's some money, you know. And, yeah. and you're you're part of an esport team and. You probably get to you get to compete. They have like the Letterman jacket. They have a logo for the you know for the particular because if you're with Ohio State, they have the Ohio State like esport team, whatever kind of deal. The little and Buckeye so, and the eight bit little logo. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, 
so yeah, so if your kid is, is really good at sports or if you're really good at, I'm not sports, well, sports too, but if you're really good at eat of those particular video games or you yourself are really good at those particular video games and you're interested in going into those universities, there might be some money for you as, as far as a scholarship. So the question you asked me earlier was about the money part. Now, I don't have exact figures, but I can tell you the top 10 highest grossing as far as like prize pool, as far as games that offer the most money. Uh-huh. And uh, or at least the total amount per year. Yeah. So the number one is this game called Counter Strike Global Offensive, which is a first person shooter game. Okay. Um, I don't have like I said, I don't have the exact figures, but I do have the rankings. Number two is Dota, and that was Defense of the Ancients uh, two. Number three is League of Legends, which is a very very popular one. Um, they probably have a lot of tournaments too. Number four is Fortnite. And that one, I did tell you earlier that in 2019, they gave out an individual prize of $3 million. Number five was Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number six was Rainbow Six Siege. And so those are both uh, first-person shooters. Number seven was Overwatch, another uh, first-person shooter. It's kind of like Fortnite a little bit. Uh, Number eight was Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. What's that one? That's another first-person shooter. Oh, okay. Uh, number nine is Hearthstone, which is kind of like an online card game, which kind of goes back to the question, is that really an eSport? What's an eSport? Yeah. <laughs> and then number 10 is Rocket League. What's that one? Rocket League is, you're like in these cars. Uh-huh. It's like kind of like a soccer field, but you instead of people, it's cars. Okay. And, you can, and they have like different, I think each car has different abilities. You have like nitrous boost you can do. And it's like you're playing soccer, but in cars. And it's like a giant soccer ball. Oh, okay. It's super popular. I had it for a while. Um, it can be fun to play. You know what? I think I played that one um, on my Xbox. I think it was one of the free games. Yeah. It, was, was, it was free for a while when it yeah. first came out. Yeah. I think I played it. And then they got the different, like, um, arenas, right? Yeah. Like, and then, uh, yeah. I remember I played it for a little while. It's, it's pretty interesting. It's it's a different concept, but it's super popular right now, yeah. especially in the esports. So that was that was one of the games that some of the universities were offering scholarships for, which I was surprised about. I was like, "Wow, Rocket League really blew up." I thought you said ten. I thought you were going to say it's Donkey Kong. No, no, that's old school, man. Or Atari, a pole position, pole position. No, but a couple of the other ones that are really popular right now that I didn't mention, they weren't part of the top ten. It was Madden, of course, uh-huh. NBA Two K, and uh, Super Smash Brothers. And yeah. Pokemon. Yeah, my, my, my nephew plays that 2K like one religiously. He Does always he, buys it he, whenever the new one comes out. He go, he's got his own player. Like, yeah. Uh, like he explains it and I saw it. Uh, I mean, he's really good. Like, because like, you go to these, I guess, courts. Yeah. And um, he, he, you could tell he says by their, 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 their levels. Yeah. Can see by their scores and their levels and what they're wearing and all this, yeah. and he's like one of the higher ones. That, but he's been playing it for I don't know how many years because he sees like every year. Like they go, yeah, and then, then yeah. so yeah, he creates his players and. Which at this point yeah, I'm like, but he yeah, because I, I remember why there was a new one that comes out. I get the money aspect, but like we had the technology at this point where it's like they should be able to update your roster. You know, like, you should be able just to keep on with the same one. You yeah, know? They, exactly. They, should, they shouldn't have you buying, but I get it. You know, I get why they do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I used exactly. to be one that used to buy the the latest Madden and the latest uh, 2K every year too. Uh, there was only one game I would buy that like every year. What was that? NCAA football. Oh well, yeah. Same and thing. then I was devastated when they stopped. But I'm happy to hear that they're going to be bringing it in, in a year or two. Oh yeah. The uh, the college football is com- coming back. Are they going to have the players' names? Um no, I don't I don't believe so. Uh, but I think they're going to have their likenesses. Yeah, because they they are. are they I think pay, they they, are they, they, they pay the players. Um, I think they're going to give it to the universities. I don't mm-hmm. know or how they're that's going to work the money aspect. Right. But they're bringing it back. Okay. Uh, and so I was super excited about that. I was like, when they stopped doing that, the NC college football. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've had this discussion with you. Like, I love the Cowboys. I watch the Cowboys all the. But like, if I have to watch between pro football or college football, I watch college football night and day. I can watch it from when I wake up on Saturday morning watching uh, Game Day Live mm. to midnight or one a.m. watching the uh, the uh, the Western Conference, seeing Hawaii play like BYU. <laughs> I'll be there yeah. watching eleven at mid- eleven twelve midnight one a.m. Yeah. watching the football game. Yeah. I can literally watch college football all day. I it's just you. something about it. I don't know. I hear you, man. So. Um, that's our discussion on esports. Uh, I think what we got next is Around the Barrios with Dom. All right. Well, let's go around. Let's start with our Barrio Bros up in Canada. Well, our, they had to fire. Firefighters had to go and rescue uh, one of our Barrio Bros's uh, dog because the dog took his, it looked like in the picture, his Corvette for a joyride. Because apparently <laughs> he left the car there and the, and the dog went ahead and threw that sucker in drive. He said, man, I've seen this thing in action. It looks yeah. fun. Yeah. And so the firefighters actually had to, to stop it. It didn't crash or, I mean, Eventually it stopped, but they had to go. They, it was in motion, and they were able to stop, jump in there, and get it, and stop, stop the vehicle. And the dog just took it for a joyride. Nice. Yeah. What kind of breed was it? You know. No, but but it looked like dog. a little. No, it looked like a little, like a little medium-sized dog. Oh wow! He, he just threw that sucker into drive, and peace, it was gone. Nice. <laughs> uh, nice now, for the dog. Anyway. Exactly. This one was sort of. Um, I thought it was odd, but. I mean, also sort of cool. Uh, it was there was an Illinois man uh, that went ahead and bowled a perfect game, but here's the, the the catch with it: he did it with his dead father because he took some of his ashes and had it in the thumb hole, and, and so he bowled uh, what do you call it a perfect game with with his dad inside the ball. Oh, okay. So he put some of the ashes inside the yeah. Ball. And come okay. to find, this wasn't like some just Joe Blow. This guy used to be a NCAA champ. I mean, he's 39 years old, but he used to be an NCAA champ from Western Illinois University. So, um, that, was that his first time bowling a perfect game? No, I'm not sure, but I think it was with um, his dad. He put his ashes in there because apparently, he, um, though his technique is um, the two handed grip. So, Two fingers inside the hole, and there's no you don't put the thumb inside okay. the hole. So you can imagine two fingers in, and you you use the two handed approach. So because his dad taught him how to do that when he was a kid, so that was his old through college champion and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's why he put the ashes in the thumb hole for his dad. Oh, like okay, it's man. a 
He did that. So I thought that was pretty cool. It was interesting, definitely. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, for our Barrio Bros in Puerto Rico. Oh, what happened over there? Uh, they better be on the uh, on, on the watch out for an escaped barberry sheep. Um, basically, the, the sheep went uh, escaped the Puerto Rico's largest zoo. And he's still on the loose. He's out there probably at the at the beach. Yeah. You they, they, every time they try to get him. He, he he runs away. They named him Rayo Velas. <laughs> Basically, fast lightning. <laughs> they still haven't been able to capture him. He's too fast. He's nah, too quick, man. exactly. So I think, that, but they they went ahead and put out safe traps out there. They don't want to hurt the the, the uh, barbary sheep. So, but at this point, he's still out there, and like you said. They ain't going to catch him. He's just chilling at the beach right now. Chilling at the beach, <laughs> He goes, I ain't being, you can't contain me. So, now that's all that we got going on. Let's go ahead and cast our reel and see what we catch for next week. So, it looks like next week's episode, we're going to talk about time versus money. Oh. Making that comparison. All right. So, guys, um, you can check us out again anywhere that you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast. And please, please spread the word. And hit us up at Twitter at our handle, uh, Barrio Fishbowl, or you can send us an email at thefishbowlbarrio at gmail.com. And until next week, I'm Pucho. I'm Dom. Keep leveling up. <laughs>